Good morning. How are you all doing? Doing well? Just do a thumbs up if you're doing well. <laughs> Smile at me. Hello, hello. <laughs> Let me see your beautiful faces. It's good to be um, together um, and just to be together as this church. It's amazing. Um, for those of you that do not know me, my name is Morris. I'm Afrikaans, as you can hear. I'm not American. <laughs> I'm from here. <laughs> and I can say lacquer <laughs> um, because I'm from here, like feet. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got a, a message um, for us today um, that I believe the Lord wants to come and, and just come and encourage our hearts um, yeah, so let's just pray together. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for um, just what you've already done, what you've spoken to us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll continue to, to work in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that, that we'll have ears to hear what you, have, what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Let's read together out of Hebrews 12 from verse 1 to 3. Um, I'll just read here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners, from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And then just one more scripture in um, Hebrews 10, verse 35 to 39. It says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction but of those who have faith to the, um, to the preserving of their souls. And what I felt the Lord wants to come and encourage us, and maybe it's a word to almost like prepare us for something that's coming, or maybe you are there in this moment. But um, what I felt the Lord says, and you see in Hebrews um, 12, is, it's like um, run your race with endurance. And then Hebrews 10 it says, you have need of endurance. And, I've, and I felt that some of us have need of endurance. And the Lord wants to come and bring that sense of endurance. Now, if you look at the, the English definition of what endurance is, it says the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. The ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. And um, so we see here, uh, you're surrounded by this, this great cloud of witness, lay aside every weight 
And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then the scripture says, we are not of those who shrink back. And I want to come and tell you, we are not of those who shrink back. But of those who endure, endures, those who believe to the saving of our souls. And the righteous shall live by faith. So if I can give a title, I've got two titles to this message, but I'll, I'll use the shorter version for the, that you can put in there, Andre. But it's in um, faith, und, faith through endurance, endurance, endurance through faith, endurance through faith. Um, I'll give you the, another, the other title a bit later, but um, I thought I, it's going to be a, a bit too flashy to put it on there. So let's just keep it simple. Um, but um, the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. I believe God wants to bring us to that place where we don't give way, that we endure, that we go through. You know, it's so easy to give up and just do, ah, it's too difficult. Let's, let's, just, let's just go. And if you read Revelation 2, um, verse 7, verse 11, verse 17, verse 26, Revelation 3, verse 5, 12, and 21, these, these are where John gives this um, encouragement to these seven churches, and he says, and I'll just read verse 7 for, for sake of time. It says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. And I want to say to you, you that have an ear, let hear today what the Spirit says to you. To him, I mean, he's writing to churches, but he says to him, He's, singular, he's putting out individuals as to him who overcomes. And maybe some of us are actually facing some really difficult situations. And the Lord is actually calling us to endure. Or maybe there are some difficulty on, 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 on the way. And you'll, need, you'll have need of endurance. Um, And I know overcoming is not, is not that easy thing to do. I mean, we have this thing in the house, um, even like if I would tell you, come on, endure, break through, don't give up, don't give way, you probably say, Morris, but you don't know how difficult my current situation is. You don't understand. And um, we've got this thing that Julie says in the house when we deal with something that's difficult. She would look at one of our children and says. <laughs> you can do difficult things. And it's like when, whenever there's a meltdown or there's something and they, they see they emotionally, they're struggling with this thing, she would come and say, but you can do difficult things. And yesterday, um, Bethany was baking and she was making a pudding and Julie said to her, but it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. You, you must just be careful and say, Mama, but I can't moeilike goed doen. And it's something is sinking in of that, that we can do things that are difficult. But how? How can we do that? And that's what I want to come and share with us today. But before I share with you, I want you to bear with me. I'm going to use a tennis example. All right. So this is my tennis racket. I bought it from Dan and Mike. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I don't know who of you actually watch tennis, but if you were like me up till two years ago, I just couldn't understand. Boom. Boom. 
boom. <laughs> and this thing of hitting this green ball from the one side to the other side, until I started playing tennis myself with Joel David, and I just started realizing just how amazing the sport is. But I didn't know anything about tennis. But what I've discovered about tennis in this past two years is that in tennis, if you follow tennis, there's this tour they call the ATP Tour that, that runs through the year. And there's various um, tournaments that they play through the year. They've got ATP 250. They've got an ATP 500. And then they've got an ATP 1000. And then they've got your Grand Slams. All right. So these matches happen through, through the year. And each one of them is, the, I mean, entry-level guys are competing. And to get into the top group of guys. Now, four times a year, there is something they call a Grand Slam. Now, if you know that's currently Wimbledon, all right, who of you have heard that it's currently playing Wimbledon? All right, now, um, Wimbledon is one of the Grand Slams. There's four Grand Slams. You've got the Australia, the USA, Wimbledon, and um, French Open. So these Grand Slams, they are different than the ATP because it's the best of five sets. So you actually, if you win one of these tournaments, it means like for two weeks, you are one of those guys that has got endurance, that you can fight a fight. Now, for the past 20 years, please bear with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to a point. All right. <laughs> for the past 20 years, these tournaments were dominated by three guys. Who of you know who they are? Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic. Yeah, you know, no? If you knew that, and you don't even watch tennis. <laughs> All right. Okay. For somehow, in 20 years, we can catch on. Huh? <laughs> All of us have a way to catch on. But these guys, I mean, they just, they are guys that plays these tours that is really good. Some young guys that, I mean, they've got all the shots. I mean, they fit. They can move across the court. But somehow, these old blokes keeps on beating them <laughs> in, in this moment. And just the endurance of these guys is, is next level. And they just find a way through to, to win these tournaments. So between, like, I think Djokovic has won 20 Grand Slams, um, Nadal 22, and also Federer 20. So how many of these guys have been dominating this, this, this field? And this week, I've been watching Wimbledon, so this is where I want to get to. I want to give you that context of, of just how it is. So they're playing five sets. So Djokovic is playing against um, Yannick Sinner. <laughs> Who of you want a, a surname like that? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. So Djokovic is playing against Yannick Sinner, and Yannick Sinner is a very young, he's a 20-year young guy. I mean, he's got all the shots. He moves across the court. Actually, everybody expects Djokovic to come out and give this guy, I mean, I mean Yannick doesn't stand a chance. And if you see the start of the match, Yannick comes in, and he looks nervous. But Djokovic, he, he just, he goes, he flies through it. And then suddenly, Djokovic starts stumbling. <laughs> and Yannick wins the first set. And then Djokovic, you can see, he's frustrated. Now, now this young guy is, is pushing this. Old veteran, he's 35 years old, around the court, and, um, and he's actually beating him. The second set, he, he beats, again, the second set. Remember, they're playing five sets. So this is what makes these guys better than the young guy that knows how to do all the shots. Nah? So Djokovic is two sets down, and he leaves the court. Takes a toilet break. 
Okay, are you with me here? Are <laughs> we going somewhere? And he comes back, and for the next three sets, he beats Yannick Sinner, Sinner like completely. He plays him off the field, and, and Yannick is in the game, but, and, and, but at the end, Djokovic goes to the toilet. What did he do there? He, I don't know what. He came back, and then for the next three sets, he beats this young guy that has all the shots that looked like he was dominating this whole game. Okay, am I boring somebody already? Not. <laughs> Hopefully not. All right. And what makes these Grand Slams is, is the endurance that these guys, the mental strength, the, the, they've been there before. They, they have overcome these battles. They, they know how to, 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 to go through these, these battles. Now, in the interview, and this is what I want to get to <laughs> afterwards, they asked Djokovic, they asked him, Djokovic, you, I mean, two sets down, and and you leave the court, tell us what happened. And he comes out and he say, oh, well, I mean, I've been here before. I know kind of how to gather myself. And, and in a moment he says, I stood in front of the mirror. And I said to myself, self, you've been here before. <laughs> he didn't say these words. I'm, I'm <laughs> putting words in his mouth. But he spoke to himself in the mirror and he, and he encouraged himself and, and, and he's and, and something happened, and he came back, and suddenly his game was back, and he, and he played his best tennis again. Not at top. And so some of us are two sets down, and we are in need of a toilet break. <laughs> so this is where I'm coming to. See, it's nothing spiritual, but I want to come to that line. I actually want to give it this title. You're two sets down, and you are in need of a toilet break. <laughs> Because remember, it's five sets. <laughs> it's five sets. I mean, Yannick Sinner, the world comes out. <laughs> Sinner, you get it. <laughs> so the world comes. They have all the shots. I mean, they move across the court. They know they've got you back in a corner. You're two sets down. What are you going to do? Are you going to give way? Are you going to shrink back? Or are you going to endure? Are you going to find a way to come through? Are you going to find a way to overcome? And what I felt the Lord says is some of you are, are two sets down and you're in need of a toilet break. And today is that moment where the Lord actually wants to come and give you something to help you to go through, to finish the match, to finish what the enemy, the holds that he has over you. Um, and I want to tell you, you can do difficult things. Maybe what you are facing is very difficult, but I can tell you, you can do difficult things. You can do that which is difficult. You can overcome. God has called us to overcome. He has called us not to give way. He has called us not to shrink back. He's pleased in those that does not shrink back and those that push through and find a way to finish the match, to run our race. If we can come back to to Hebrews 12 verse 1, the scripture I read at the start says, Therefore, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So I was thinking of this, analogy, of this story and I was thinking some of us need to take that toilet break when we are feeling we are two sets down. And we need to look in the mirror and say, Moses." Since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Who's this great cloud of witnesses? Let's read Hebrews 11, verse 1 to 40. Verse 4, by faith, Abel. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham. Verse 11, by faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, um, Jacob, by faith, Joseph, by, okay, no, okay. by faith, Moses, by faith, um, people went through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho came down. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute. These names, these names are mentioned. And since you are surrounded, you are two sets back behind. You need of that toy, and you're standing, you're watching that mirror. It says, consider Moses. Consider Jacob. Consider these heroes of faith. And then they go on in verse 32 from Hebrews 11. And I'm going to read a few verses here from verse 32 to verse 40. It says, how much more do I need to say? I've just mentioned all these names. And then he says, if I would, it would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, Samuel and all the prophets, by faith these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped the death of the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from the dead. I mean... You do say, just consider, these are the guys. And then you're like, but Morris, I'm feeling I'm losing here. <laughs> Let me continue. See, it's not all. But, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in, in order to, to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at. Their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. And some went about wearing, wearing skins of sheep and goat and destitute, oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. And all these people earned good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. So these guys, some of them saw breakthrough by faith, and some of them didn't see that breakthrough. And you know, it's different people, different times. And one thing that all of them had in common is what they did by faith. By faith. Different situations. Everything was different. But one thing that was common throughout was what they did. They did by faith. There isn't much that joins Abraham and, and Rahab except this. At a crucial moment in time, they each acted in faith. And God saw their faith and rewarded it. Let 
I'm going to say this again. Oh, yeah, before I go that, here's a quote by Terry Corrie-Tenboom. She says this, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, who of you have been in a dark situation, huh? So the train goes through the tunnel and it gets dark. She says this, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. Who of you want to jump off? <laughs> you want to get out. She says you sit still and you trust the engineer. You sit still and you trust the one that is in charge. You are two sets down and you are in need of a toilet break. <laughs> Look yourself in the mirror. Maybe you need to take a time out from this situation, this thing that you're struggling with, this thing, or maybe something that's on its way. You need to find that moment where you says, since I'm surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, what makes them different from me? Not much, but we have one thing in common, faith, faith, faith. Not faith in faith, faith in God, faith. The mirror moment is, is considering who God is. Faith is, is being sure of who God is and what He can do. Being sure of who He is and what is able through God. But even if I don't see success, even if I don't see breakthrough, I will still please Him if I go through that with faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6, impossible to please God without faith. But He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We must come to Him believing that He is. You can do difficult things by faith. I want to say today, by faith, Deborah. By faith, Johnny. Doiki, doiki, doiki. By faith, Gert. Doiki, doiki, doiki. By faith, Marky, doiki, doiki, doiki. By faith, Neelan, what are you standing for? What's what making you different than any one of those guys? They were normal people, just they also needed a toilet break. <laughs> okay, <laughs> don't get so serious here. Do you hear me? <laughs> they also needed a toilet. They needed to find faith. How do we find this faith? Let's read further. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Well, let, me, let me just read Hebrews 12, verse 1 again. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So there's a laying aside of every weight and every sin. Let's lay aside sinner. <laughs> laying aside weight and run the race that is set before us with endurance. And then it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right. No, no, sorry, I'm, I'm reading it without my glasses, sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I'm right. Okay. Um, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For the, for the joy that was set before him, 
of looking to Jesus. So who is the founder and the perfecter of our faith? Jesus. So if we want to find the mirror, we want to find the faith that Abraham had, find the faith that all these names, all these people, that we need to look to Jesus. Because he's the one that can found it and complete it and make it perfect. He is the one that can do that. And I, I believe there's something of to be come to that place and, and look, setting our eyes on Jesus say, Lord, this mirror, this toilet break, this thing, this moment, to, to, to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Why? Because for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He did something that was difficult, but he didn't give way. He didn't jump off the train. He trusted the engineer. And we can sit here today with the, with the invitation of salvation, of eternity, because Jesus did not jump off the train. And he's calling us to do the same. He's calling us to go through, to endure not to give up, to follow Him. There's this phrase um, that guys are using, uh, acrostic, about, about faith. He said, forsaking all, faith, faith, forsaking all, I take Him. <laughs> I take Him. I'm forsaking all. And I think that's what we were singing, like giving everything. It's like Jesus is our example of this. And and if we can fix our eyes on Jesus, look into the mirror, actually, here, Jesus, the person. We find faith in Jesus. He is the one that authors that faith that we need to go through and to break through. Obviously, there's things that you can do by reading your Bible that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. There's just times in prayer that builds up faith. These guys doesn't just pitch up and play a five-set match for two weeks. I mean, they practice through the year. They play these smaller things. They, they're in different other battles, so they're being prepared for these battles. But even we've got something that even, that even the things that we think we are not prepared for, He can even bring us through that because of what Jesus has done. Verse 3 says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Consider him who endured. I'm going to just read one more scripture quickly here. 1 John 5, verse 4 to 5. It says, Every child of God defeats the, dev the evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Verse 5, it says, And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. By faith, Richard, doiki doiki. Put your name in here. What are you facing? What do you, will you face? And even if you read James, it says, Count it all joy when... It's not so if, when you go through various trials. Um, do we have it up there? Very various kinds, um, trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast, produces that endurance that we need. So even everything that you go through makes you stronger for the next. 
that you'll be able to play more things and not get off the train and finish the race that Jesus has for you. Even Jesus' disciples prayed and they said this thing. Says, they said, Lord, increase our faith. When he was speaking about forgiveness, it says, oh, this is hard. <laughs> what do you mean we need to forgive so many times? Like It means forgive as much as it takes. It's hard, Lord. You don't know what these people have done to me. He says, Lord, increase our faith. By faith, we can forgive. By faith, we can go through this financial challenge. By faith, we can deal with this parenting situation. Are you going to jump off or are you going to finish the race? Don't jump off. He's pleased with our faith. I want to pray for us, for those that are in need of faith to, to finish the race. I, I felt the Lord wanted the, the response, in a sense, is to, to call. If you are going through a situation, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to, and we, want to, we come alongside you and want to pray for you that the Lord would come and strengthen you, give you that toilet break, since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that you will find faith in the face of Jesus to bring you through this situation and the, the ability not to give up. But before I go there, maybe you're sitting here today and, and you have not followed Jesus with your heart yet. You haven't given 